Like you've got all these wannabe thugs that see Scarface as something to aspire to who apparently missed <laughs> the last five minutes of the film. Radio Drone. Welcome to another episode of Radio Drone. I am Josh Hadley, surprisingly upbeat, and I'm not sure why. Also, I'm talking like William Shatner, because Peter made me Batman last night. <laughs> That's your introduction. And What see, does William Shatner have to do with Batman? Are you maybe thinking Adam West? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> do you and, want to maybe re-record that? No. <laughs> No, I think we'll we'll leave it uh, we'll leave it the way it is. And Cecil T. Robot is here as well. Yes, I am, and I am not William Shatner or Batman. You're Catman. I'm Catman. Like the Seymour the Skinner cat- Catman? No, I'm the I'm the cat this city needs. You sit there licking your butt and hacking up hairballs. Yeah, well, that's that's what I normally do on a Friday night. That's true. Yeah. You'd think with all that that mad escapist money, you could hire somebody to lick your butt and hack up hairballs on you. I'm working on it. <laughs> but if you guys want to work on something or get worked on, you go to adamandeve.com. See how how smooth I am? It's just almost a weird talent. Go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME and you will get 10 free gifts. You will get 6 free DVDs, a free mystery gift, a gift for him, a gift for her, and free shipping to everywhere in America so Peter fuck off. Will do. Tonight we're going to talk about symbiotic, or is it parasitic, relationship between pop culture and movies. Movies sometimes affect pop culture, or in some cases culture itself, and on the other hand, culture and pop culture affect movies. If I asked you to identify one movie that you think absolutely changed the culture itself, what would your pick be? Jaws. For so many reasons. I mean, Jaws, it it kind of invented the whole uh, fear of the ocean. I mean, there were people that were afraid to even go near the water after Jaws. It also kind of pushed that super iconic soundtrack. If you're at an aquarium and you see a shark, there's a pretty good chance somebody standing around is going to go... I mean, think of how... How much ingrained in society that is for something like that to happen. I would guarantee, like, if you were to go to an aquarium and hang out for a day and just film, you would probably have, like, at least 100 cases of people doing that. That's not a bad pick, and that's actually on my list as well. Mm, uh, Cross between Friday the 13th and Rambo. After the whole, you know, Jason craze you had uh, in, in pop culture, you'd have any time there'd be, like, a parody of a psycho killer, he'd have a hockey mask. Like, it kind of, it made that into this big, iconic thing. And uh, the same same would go for Rambo, because it created this whole, you know, headband-wearing, macho, 80s dude kind of thing. Those would be uh, definitely picks that I would see uh, of movies that did very well, characters that were very well-received, and just really got a style that became ingrained into pop culture, and uh, or into culture, and became like a popular culture kind of thing. Now, Cecil, you were not wrong in picking Jaws, but I think what happened two years after Jaws was even bigger, and that was Star Wars. Star Wars, I think, is the first film that ever became a straight-out phenomenon. Jaws was a blockbuster. Star Wars was a phenomenon. I, I, w- I would have to go with Star Wars as arguably the largest, the largest film that ever affected pop culture. There, there are even studies done at the time, shortly after Star Wars came out. Star Wars got kids interested in space. After Star Wars, attendance at astrology lessons and, and planetariums and that were on the rise. 
Star Wars made people think space was cool again. Mm-hmm. And then that's not even bringing in all of the merchandising and all that. So I got to go with Star Wars. I guess the broader question would be, what does a movie have to do before you will say that it starts to affect pop culture? Does it just have to be really popular? Does it just have to be heavily merchandised? Or does it have to be something that changes, that, that affects change in pop culture itself? Like, I, I agree, Rambo, not necessarily Friday the 13th, I'll, I'll get, fight you out a little bit on that one, but Rambo, Jaws, and Star Wars did. What does mm-hmm. a movie have to do to cross that line? The number of factors, like a lot of the time it can even just be like an iconic line, um, uh, just a quote that people remember, you know, like Arnold saying, I'll be back, or an iconic character like Rambo, or a, a storyline, just something that really stands out, something that's very bold, and uh, people walk out of the theater after watching it, and they remember it, and you see it get, uh, you know, in commercials and parodied on TV, and uh, posters around everywhere, and people starting to dress like the characters, like even um, even a movie like Taxi Driver, with you know the, the so many people remember that just for the line of "Are you talking to me?" and that you know it it sent it hurling into pop culture, and it's a it's a dark serious movie, yet people almost like comedically remember it for that line, like it's almost this uh, you know the thing people joke about, even though it's it's such a dark film, it it became ingrained into pop culture just with that amazingly iconic are you talking to me line of uh robert de niro's character going crazy well it's kind of funny because uh there are a lot of movies that have become part of pop culture but uh the movies themselves may not have even been popular snakes on a plane when that was getting ready to come out Oh, it was huge. There were memes everywhere. And uh, <laughs> I mean, they, they altered the film to basically have uh, Samuel L. Jackson curse more. It, it kind of became this iconic thing of, you know, I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. And there are a lot of I, people. I'm sorry. It's a Monday through Friday plane. No, it's yeah. <laughs> I've had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Sorry, I got the, I got the TV version wrong. Yippee ki <laughs> Mr. Falcon. So there are a lot of people who haven't even seen the movie, but know that line. So I think that uh, a lot of things that factor into that, it's it's not just necessarily the movie itself. A lot of times just a segment of it or maybe um, a scene in the movie kind of ingrains itself in pop culture. And then, uh, you know, whether or not the movie ends up being that popular is kind of almost secondary sometimes. I mean, we don't have very many star star wars movie actually i mean as as far as i'm concerned like i didn't say star wars because i knew you were going to go with star wars so i went with jaws but um jaws was not a bad choice i just think star wars had a bigger impact no star wars star wars is arguably the biggest uh Mm -hmm. as far as that's concerned there are a lot of other you know uh movies the the indiana jones movies uh one two and three that indiana jones made fedoras and whips cool you certainly did a lot of movies that have come along that have become part of uh, pop culture et close encounters of the third kind but um more so a lot of times it's for various parts of those movies, as opposed to Star Wars, where Star Wars is the whole goddamn movie is part of yeah. pop culture. Well, how far does a movie have to go into pop culture before before it becomes a caricature? I'm going to talk a little bit more about this movie down the line, but such as the Dirty Harry franchise. When Ronald Reagan was running for re-election, he actually used Make My Day as part of his campaign. Is that something where... <laughs> which that specifically would be being, being from the fourth film, Sudden Impact, in 1983, does that make the film look bad? Or the film has so ingrained itself, or in this case, really the character of Harry Callahan, the U.S. president can quote from it, and everybody knows what it is. Is that when a movie has truly arrived? Like like when somebody running for president would have in the late 70s, I think Jimmy Carter actually said, may the force be with you. Is that when a movie has truly <laughs> entered pop culture, when it becomes more than what it was? I think so. Um, it kind of I would think that would probably be the, the, the moment that would cement it. And unfortunately, the other thing, too, is it kind of can backfire. 
like now all of a sudden that thing that was cool is now uncool. It's kind of like, oh, oh, your your parents are wearing a uh, you know a Star Wars T-shirt or something. Uh, you know where like I'm talking like back in in the now it's kind of a little more commonplace. But like back then it would almost be seen as like right. dorky. Well, I mean, you can't really blame the movie on that. Um, people will will see it, whether it's a you know normal person with a nine to five job or the president of the United States. You can't really blame the movie on who sees it. But that's definitely showing that how uh, accessible it's become and how widely received it is that somebody who is is the president of the United States is quoting it on TV like I think Reagan even quoted Rambo at some point he was like uh, uh and and just like uh, Rambo we're going to win this time or something I yeah, forget it, when it, it, uh, it, it was it. it was from it was from uh First Blood Part 2 Rambo yes so that's uh I think that's that's a compliment to the movie I mean it it's uh it it just shows that so many people have seen it ranging from uh, a regular regular Joe Schmo to the president of the United States. It doesn't hurt the movie. It just shows how ingrained into pop culture it got. And it definitely shows that it, it certainly did arrive because the hell of a lot of people have seen it. What about when a movie is parodied or copied? And I don't mean copy in like the Italian exploitation kind of way. I mean, like you'll see a commercial that's using the, the, the movie as part of its uh, sales campaign or whatnot. Something like Conan. Or to to a different degree, something like like Leatherface and whatnot. They have been used in so many other mediums that have nothing to do with the films themselves. Is that when you've really entered pop culture and and the movie is changing pop culture at that point? When when you've got Conan parodies, not just on Saturday Night Live, but you've got Conan parodies in your local car commercials. Richard Pryor parodying The Exorcist on on the second <laughs> episode of Saturday Night Live. Is that when a movie has started its change of pop culture? Or is that pop culture just feeding off of the movie because it's popular? I guess my question is, does pop culture feed off the movie movie's popularity? Or is the movie's popularity based on how pop culture is feeding on it? Does that even make sense? It does. And it can go both ways uh, with what Cecil was talking about with Snakes on a Plane. That was a movie that was created. It's uh, its popularity was created through pop culture before the movie even came out. He was talking about how there were memes for the film and it was uh, it was tweaked to a way where Samuel Jackson would swear a lot more in the movie. And it was kind of catered to the uh, the people on the Internet that were following uh, its progress. And it was released that way. And it, it had already reached its peak of popularity in pop culture before it even came out. And then there are other cases where pop culture will feed on a movie's success. Like you were talking about how uh, things like uh, Leatherface will, will get parodied by certain, like by, by Saturday Night Live and shows like that, or even like the, uh, the, the National Lampoon's Christmas movie where uh, Chevy Chase has the, the chainsaw and the hockey mask, like obviously, you know, piggybacking on slashers and Jason and the hockey mask and whatnot. So it can go both ways. When something gets super popular, then yeah, uh, pop, pop culture will latch on to it and kind of use its success to get some, uh, to get some laughs, some notoriety. Uh, to get people to notice them by using this thing that's become popular amongst so many people. Is it almost like a blood-sucking relationship when, say, after Blair Witch came out, the entirety of television and the pop culture landscape became Blair Witch parodies? Or after The <laughs> Matrix, it became so run into the ground? Is is that when pop culture has gone too far being a parasite on the movie? Or is that just the movie's popularity pulling pop culture into it whenever there's uh, a really popular movie for example uh this weekend the avengers is opening every reviewer is tripping over their own dick to get their review out first regardless <laughs> of the quality of it regardless of really anything so uh when something like that comes along where a movie blair witch or the matrix comes along and there's so much that can be parodied you have all kinds of uh, late night talk shows and Saturday Night Live. And they, same thing, are tripping over their own dick to try to be the one that gets the parody out there. That is the one that everybody remembers, you know, because it's not so much a lot of 
if you're the best, it's if you're the first or at least mm-hmm. the first that does well, you know, or well enough. So that really is when it's it's not the movie's fault. It's not the property's fault. It's just a downside of the popularity of it. Is is that kind of something that we have today more so than we did say in the 70s or even in the 80s today we've we've got social media and like you pointed out with snakes on a plane that was made basically for the 4chan audience at the same time go back to 1973 look at look at the look at the exorcist Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. The world of darkness. Nobody expected it. Nobody believed it. And nothing could stop it. There are no experts. You probably know as much about possession as most priests. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. I'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. Now, I want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind. You tell me you know for a fact that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. You tell me that! The one hope, the only hope, the exorcist. Do you think The Exorcist, I mean, The Exorcist got that popular, literally, lines around the block in cities across the nation with nothing but word of mouth. And I mean literal word of mouth. You didn't have Facebook or Twitter or anything. This was just people saying, this movie scared the shit out of me. Let's (laughs) go see it again. Are you ever going to have something like that? To me, The Exorcist's popularity is a much more organic growth than something like the avengers well it's uh, they're different times back then of course it would be more more organic that was a uh, a time when it when that is how uh, other than you know radio spots and tv spots and talk shows it would be it would literally just be audiences going and seeing a movie coming out of the theater then sometimes you know chatting it up with strangers or calling up their friends or family to be like i saw this great movie it made me shit my pants you got to go see it and that's how it would draw its attention. I think there there still were um, like sort of, uh, you know, the, the people trying to be first in a parody or or talking about a movie. Like th- there were shows like Arsenio Hall that were very pop culture based. Like uh, I know I, I know I bring up Jason a lot, but that one that one, there was an Arsenio Hall episode where you got like Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder was up. Jason on the show. Yeah, he showed up as Jason, didn't talk. Uh, make any jokes or anything he was in full character in the full costume to promote the movie so they they did do stuff like that it's just on it's it's hard to really compare it um because nowadays it's it's such a grandiose scale because you've got not only word of mouth not only talk shows not only radio spots and movie trailers and stuff like that but you've got the internet which is just massive like people are already um clinging to something before they even see it, like going crazy over seeing uh, Ben Affleck in the Batman suit or, you know, the how Jared Daredevil's Leto costume. Jared as the Joker would be an example. Yeah, the, and that went, people went crazy because they were like, oh, she's got the, the faggy tattoos and stuff. And then they're they're reacting before even really giving the the story a chance to really end. And then you found out that that was, that was just a picture for sort of um, like commemorating whatever it is, how many years of the, the Joker. Like, it wasn't even how he was going to look in the movie, but people lost their shit before 
anything even really happened because all of that is now available on the internet. You get all the spoilers and the set pictures and the publicity photos that you would normally back in the day only see in like a magazine or on TV or in the newspaper. So this is accessible now to so many people on the, on the forums and Facebook and Twitter, and they're all sharing everything. And something that um, it, it's becoming popular in pop culture before it even comes out. So it's really hard to to actually compare how it was back then with something becoming popular to how it is now because now something becomes popular like like years like Batman versus Superman isn't coming out until next year and it's already, you know, people are already going completely ape shit over it. Like they they've already sort of ingrained it as like their favorite movie ever just because of uh, even I I admit it looks good, but uh the people already are going nuts just from pictures and that just shows how um how much access people have to, to to pop culture now compared to back then like it's it's insane we are entering a time well actually not we're not entering a time we are in a time where uh like peter said batman versus superman isn't even coming out until you know next year and people are losing their shit the suicide squad where they l- released one picture of the joker they haven't even shot the movie yet <laughs> and that's scheduled that's not scheduled for a year and a half yeah and people are eh, terrible raped my childhood what i i think it's <laughs> i think it's just this weird like entitlement thing where if it's not the way that they have it envisioned in their mind they somehow like automatically think it sucks. And I go back to it a lot when Batman, I mean, this is going way back when they announced that Michael Keaton was going to be Batman. Oh God, Mr. Mom's going to be Batman. Uh, And then he comes out and people loved it. And then same thing with the, with the Heath Ledger as the Joker. Oh, the 10 things I hate about you kid is going to be the Joker. He'll never outdo Jack Nicholson. And then, (laughs) you know, and then he ends up being a performance that's better than freaking Nicholson. You know, people are shitting themselves over uh, Ben Affleck as Batman and the trailer comes out. And I think, well, actually it's not even a trailer, it's just a teaser. It's kind of going both ways. I've seen a lot of people that are like, wow, now that I've seen him in the outfit and the teaser was cool, I'm actually kind of excited. And then you have other people that are like, you know, oh, God, Affleck, that guy, that communist, he owned slaves. And I'm like, what the, what are you even talking about? If we had social media the way we do today, would, do you think the exorcist or even to go farther back, Planet of the Apes? would really have entered pop culture the way they did? Would it have been easier for them or more difficult if those had come out in an era where we had Facebook and Twitter? Um, Possibly. I mean, the, the movies, we've had them ingrained in our society for so long and they're so well known that it's tough to say, you know, to think of the fact that like they wouldn't be part of pop culture. There was somebody uh, I follow on Twitter a while ago who was, uh, I, I forget where how it started, but basically he would tweet, you know, oh, great. Everybody knows that Bruce Willis is dead. And it'd be like if Twitter existed uh, in 1999, you know, and he was doing a bunch of those. And it was really funny because it's the truth. You'd have people that they can't wait to get on social media and bitch and complain about something and ruin it for somebody else. So and I know you're you're not the biggest fan of it, but I mean, The Walking Dead, it got to the point of where I basically just had to not go on Twitter or Facebook or anything until I saw that week's episode, because I knew that somebody was going to go on there and just, oh, I can't believe they killed this person or I can't believe this happened. To be fair, I would do that to people, but I would make shit up (laughs) because I did that because I'm a jackass. Up ones that sound credible. No. And then, like, you know, and say I got a screener or something just because I'm a jackass to people like Cecil. But every time <laughs> it's stuff I made up. You know, you are an ass, so. <laughs> it's true. What about when parts of a movie enter pop culture, but people don't know the movie itself? I know people who can quote the I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore speech from Network. Mm-hmm. will be like, Network? I've never seen a movie called Network. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. Can't do that, Dave. 2001? What is that? What does it say about movies where a line or a scene will enter pop culture, but pop culture itself doesn't care about the movie? It, does, does 
that say that pop culture is is shuffling the movie off or populace just doesn't like a movie like network i'm gonna say it most of the audience probably didn't get network in Mm -hmm. 1976 that movie was probably so far over the heads of the average person who was going out to just watch a movie on a friday night that i think they didn't get it and i know how arrogant that sounds but am i wrong not really, because um, uh, there are a lot of examples of that, and I've come across a lot of people who will quote something from a movie or, you know, like, like a line or a scene, and I'll, I'll start talking about the movie, and, the, and they'll be like, oh, I haven't seen it, or it, it, like a lot of... Um, like people who, if you mention Dirty Harry, that you know they'll be like, "Oh, make my day" or or whatever, and then you start talking about it, and they actually haven't seen a single Dirty Harry movie. The Rambo quote, "I'm your worst nightmare." Like there are people who think that's like Rambo's main phrase, and it was only in one movie. Like, uh, you, which also on that front, you have people that misremember quotes, like yeah. the fact that a lot of people think "Beam me up, Scotty." was ever said on classic Star Trek. It wasn't. <laughs> That's actually from oh. the cartoon from the 70s that I guarantee you casual yeah. people are going to go, there was a Star Trek cartoon? Well, you're quoting from it, so yeah. yeah. And there are people who, um, like, and, oh, God, and again, I'm bringing up Friday the 13th, but it's a good point. There, there are people who assume that the hockey mask was part of that series they also from the very Jason beginning. They also assume killer all along. Yeah, that's what they think, yet even though you know the people that have actually seen the movies, you know, you bring up Friday the 13th and and uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, the the hockey mask killer guy." They don't even know that the hockey mask didn't show up by complete happenstance in the third movie. Like it was just a random choice. There's never anything that was planned, but everybody thinks that, "Oh yeah, Jason hockey mask. Uh, that's it's been like that since the beginning. He's the killer, this big bald guy with a chainsaw and a hockey mask like it's a this preconceived opinion people who seem to think they've seen a movie even though they haven't just because and it's i guess that's kind of a fault in in pop culture because um a a line or a look of a character will become so popular it'll be it'll be just this huge iconic thing that people that haven't even seen the movie will assume they have because it's like oh well hey you know i know that uh, rambo said uh I know that he said, I'm your worst nightmare. And I know that Dirty Harry once said, make my day. So I've totally seen all of these movies. And it's like, no, you fucking haven't. Shut up. Well, they, they played this off really well in in Scream, which I know you're not a fan of. But, I mean, that opening mumble, was... Mumble, grumble, gripe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, funny where it was like, you know, who is the killer in Friday the 13th? And... What's her? Uh, Drew Barrymore was like, you know, Jason Voorhees. I know it's Jason, and they're like, no, it was Pamela Voorhees. Yeah. And it's you know, he's uh, the killer in the remake. Shut up. Ugh. What? What? That that remake didn't happen. That's the thing. It's like there are there are so certain movies, and people think that uh, they're they're said a certain way. You know, going back to memes again. There's the uh, the Joker meme where it was like. Do, do something and nobody bats an eye and it's like no that's not the right quote you're using elementary my dear watson was never said by sherlock holmes like that kind <laughs> of stuff you know so it's it's weird how certain phrases and certain things will get into pop culture and uh you know mindset and they're just wrong well how about when they do that when it's a strange reference and I don't mean strange in like the reference itself, but where it appears. When my son was little, Recess was a relatively new show on Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. and they had a reference to scanners. I've seen they references. Did. I've seen references to Videodrome on on sitcoms. That <laughs> you know, I've seen references to Friday the Thirteenth and Texas Chainsaw Massacres, and that on sitcoms. A news radio had a whole episode where a character fell asleep and believed he was in Aliens. They had the red lighting and the pulse rifles and everything. What does that say when when these references to relatively obscure movies show up in really high-profile pop culture items where you kind of go, they're referencing scanners on a Nickelodeon <laughs> cartoon? I think that's just the uh, the animators or the people working on it that are just sneaking stuff in there for the adults. There was... um. Oh, God, I totally am blanking. But I know there's a few instances where 
It's uh, something that got thrown in by the animators and and just was completely awesome. And uh, it's it's hilarious whenever something like that happens. That's great because then you're you're sitting here um, watching this dumb show with my kids. You're like, wait a minute, you know, is it an alien reference? A scanners reference or something? (laughs) I mean, that's that's cool as hell. There was a fruit. There was a Fruit Loops commercial in the mid '90s where Toucan Sam was an astronaut, landed on a planet, he ate something, and then the the Fruit Loops popped out of his chest. And I went, <laughs> Alien in a yep. Fruit Loops commercial. I remember um, Alvin and the Chipmunks doing RoboCop. Like I was watching, <laughs> I, uh, I was watching RoboCop Alvin was and the Chipmunks one. with my. Robocop I was watching was another uh, one that, that, show. that yeah you saw Robocop references on kids shows yeah I was I, I, and I remember um and Cecil kind of brought up the whole you know watching a, a dumb show with your kid and then you notice a reference I kind of I kind of looked up at my dad and he kind of like I mean I had already seen Robocop by that point I got the reference but I could see like a little like a glimmer in his eye like it was like oh okay that's I, I get that reference that's from a movie that I like. I have mm. seen Scarface, Tiny Toon Adventures did a parody of Say Hello to My Little Friend. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Tiny Toons is referencing what at the time was the movie with the most f***s ever. There's and so it's many a movie cartoons. about a crazy man trying to have sex with his own sister who's a heroin dealer. So many cartoons have done, like, I think every cartoon in the 90s did some sort of parody of The Shining. Like, every cartoon had that here's Johnny gag in it, like from the Simpsons to Animaniacs to pretty much everything. How about when, when movies literally change pop culture itself? For instance, are you guys familiar with the term porno chic? Not really. No. Porno chic was a relatively short lived, but very historically relevant time in porn. This is right after deep throat came out and you had deep throat devil and miss Jones Behind the Green Door and movies like that. These went mainstream. You had mainstream theaters playing these movies. Instead of going out and seeing some drama or some stupid Bob Hope comedy, people would go to the porno theater. It would make a night of seeing going to see Deep Throat on a couple's night. You had Jack Nicholson and Sammy Davis Jr. There are photos of them outside a Hollywood theater going to see Deep Throat. This was, a, like I said, it only lasted about a year. But there was a time called Porno Chic, where hardcore porn movies were played across the country for middle-class audiences, and there was no <laughs> stigma attached to it. Do you think we could ever get something like that today? Let's leave out the fact that they don't make good porns anymore like they did in the 70s and early 80s. Do you think porno chic could work in the internet era? Or does everyone just want to jack off to PornTube in the privacy of their own living room? God, not with uh, the the overwhelming amount of just rise of puritanical people anymore. I mean, for Christ's sake, we had a, a scientist land a probe on a comet and the only thing they wanted to talk about was the fact that his shirt had cartoon women on it. His shirt was fucking awesome, by the way. Shirt was fucking awesome. It was. I want that. I want that shirt. Insane people attacked him for it. And this guy did an amazing thing. He landed a probe on a moving comet. And the guy just wanted to wear the, the goofy girly shirt that his, his friend got him for a present. And people lose their shit over that. It really, uh, it, it, it does, um, it does make me question whether we could actually have another porno chic era again with uh, with that kind of crap happening. But I mean, the yeah. fact that you guys don't even remember porno chic. Yes, I'm a little older than you, but the fact that you guys don't even remember it, does that well, mean I'm wrong? I don't know the in- term. The, the term is not familiar to me, but I do know that movies like like Deep Throat and Behind the Green Door and Devil and Miss Jones were, were very popular and they were played in, in normal theaters. I, I do know that. And I, I would say that it's it's not necessarily something that could really happen again, at least not in terms of, of pornos being played in, in like mainstream theaters. But in terms of the, the porn stars, there are some that are kind of transitioning into regular acting work that, that not all that's a whole, that's a whole different topic. I have yeah. down the line. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to score that Ashland gear interview, but it probably won't happen. <laughs> but I, I do have, I have talked to ginger Lynn Allen on the phone a couple of times mm-hmm. now. So I'm still trying to get ginger for the show. What about when a movie comes out that is so ingrained in pop culture 
it changes films itself, that it changes film itself. Something like The Matrix or The Blair Witch Project, arguably the earliest one of these, Dirty Harry in 1971. Prior to Dirty Harry, cop movies were almost almost like, like a dragnet kind of cop. The cop was always very stout, very played by the rules and whatnot. And then Dirty Harry was the first dirty scummy the cop is kind of a jackass kind of movie it was like the hinge on a new door opening not even just with with dirty harry but pretty much any time an actor will will really do something different as a character or say say a line a certain way or be in a certain movie like yeah dirty harry totally opened the door for that almost like vigilante style cop movie like you you would have movies like uh, like Cobra coming out and, and Nighthawks and, and stuff like that. With Arnold, like Arnold was totally pioneering like the whole action hero aesthetic. Like when when he came out, when uh, when Terminator, you know, hit it big, like you really saw this. You saw action heroes kind of trying to mimic that sort of thing, like dudes with sunglasses and the spiky hair and the gold's gym physiques like did, it, did, it absolutely does did did they miss the fact that he's the bad guy in that <laughs> yeah i mean that's like that's um in that case it's a thing where pop culture embraces a bad guy where it's like the bad guy is so cool that you want good guys to look like that 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 really shows that something will hit the mark so perfectly that other movies just have to have it, even if they completely miss the context altogether. Well, it wasn't so much that he was the bad guy. It was that he was a very interesting bad guy. There there was just layers to it. And even though he didn't really speak too much, just his performance and being this imposing machine, it just made it like, holy crap, this is awesome. So every now and then you do get a movie that comes along where the bad guy, even though they are the bad guy, they're interesting. So, uh, you know, your Hannibal Lecters and your Terminator and your Jason Voorhees, you kind of are rooting for both of them. You're interested in the heroes succeeding, but you're also kind of digging the uh, the villain as well. Yeah, like, um, and to bring it back to Star Wars, like, I'd say that it's a uh, it's it's a fairly big fan opinion. Darth Vader that Darth is the breakout Vader, character. Darth Vader yeah, Darth is the, Vader's the coolest character. character. Darth Vader is easily by like massive fan opinion that Darth Vader, Darth Vader and Boba Fett, which are both bad guys, are the coolest characters. Except Darth Vader actually does something in the damn movies. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird how Boba Fett. Like that's another real um, pop culture creating something so iconic. Like you just see this cool character that says a couple of lines of dialogue, and the fans just just love it even though yeah he's he only what shows up in two of the movies and then just and and for what like two to three minutes at a time or something unless yeah, you he's... count his dumbassness as a little kid that does nothing in the prequels but well that, that i guess the little kid does just different. as much as he does as an adult than the others actually arguably what? probably does What's, more um, what, what i didn't are these see the kid get i didn't, I didn't see of. the kid get killed by a blind man no <laughs> well he i don't te- know uh, technically don't know well according uh, According to uh, according to Disney canon, he didn't get killed. He because uh, there was the one book that they've now said is canon, where he went down into the stomach of the Sarlacc, and him and the other people that were down there. There's a society of people that have been living in the Sarlacc's stomach, waiting to be digested, and him and Dengar, who was one of the other bounty hunters, managed to find. They dug their way out of the stomach, basically. All right, so, I'm going to shut you down right now because you're just talking about If you're just going to talk like a stone Stallone, I'm not I'm not even going to put this on the air. You're just talking gobbledygook at this point. I know it just it <laughs> sounds like nonsense. But, all but right, it's really all nonsense. it's all a way for them to get a Boba Fett standalone movie and possibly start up a new up. like side. No, I'm I'm being serious. <laughs> I know I know you are, but shut up. Uh, well, you know, like too. you fell into the big sandworm and uh, dug, dug <laughs> your way out. Uh, hey, hey, yo, you know. A film like Rocky started making imitators, not possibly in the right way, because mm. I know that Rocky and The Godfather they kind of played up Italian what were already stereotypes. The Godfather is specifically blamed by the Italian Anti Defamation League as being the largest contributor to all Italians are in the mafia stereotypes. Is <laughs> is that is that pop culture's fault or is that the movie maker? Is that Francis Ford Coppola in this specific fault? 
Yeah, I mean, it's not the movie's fault. It's just that... Well, every Italian in that movie is in the mafia or a victim of the mafia, so... Right, but I mean, but that was kind of... I mean, that was the movie. I mean, it's it's not... It's it's a freaking movie. But, I mean, I had... Uh, my sister's ex-husband was Italian, like full-blooded Italian, or at least he said he was full-blooded Italian. Was, but and, isn't anymore? Well, he, um, he's... I don't know. He can go die in a fire. But, um... He, uh, <laughs> him and his whole stupid family were every bad, I want to be in the mafia stereotype. It's like the the one that, like, he he was like a warehouse manager, and he'd be like, hey, I'll have you whacked. And I'm like, dude, dude shut up. You're, like, you're a freaking oh, warehouse. You're a warehouse manager. You're not anybody important. And that always bothered me. You made him, him sound like he's, uh, your voice for him sounded like Stallone and Capone. I know. <laughs> or maybe it was Stallone in, uh, in, in Oscar. He's, hey, I'm Snaps Provolone. Or Stallone in the totally not already made for a porn parody fist. <laughs> But him and his whole family, like uh, the 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 young, his younger brother had a uh, had a license to carry, and so like at any given moment, like he he'd sit down at the dinner table and take his gun out and put it on the table. It's like, oh, stop it! So I just <laughs> I I just have such a I think that also factors into a lot of why I don't like ninety percent of mafia movies because of the fact that I had to deal with idiots like this, where it's like yeah. you're not in the mafia you're not a made man you're just some dumb italian who uh wants to be in it but wouldn't know what he would have wouldn't know what he would do if he was actually in the mafia i hate this whole glorification of how cool it is to be you know a mobster gangster guy made man shut up like it's really an annoying that's why i don't like shows like sons of anarchy that depict bikers as these you know, loyal, we always got your back, guys. Like, fuck off, they're, they're total scumbags. On that same line of reasoning, then, what about when a movie enters pop culture for the wrong reason? Like Scarface. Like, you've got all these wannabe thugs that see Scarface as something to aspire to who apparently missed <laughs> the last five minutes of the film. You guys realize that he dies alone, hated, having pushed everyone away from him. That's like what you thousand, want? Did you guys like turn the movie off five minutes before it was over? Yeah, it's really stupid. All the rappers that are, like, glorifying the movie, and it's like, yeah, the world is mine, and I watch Scarface three yeah. times a day. Well, clearly you fucking don't, because you haven't seen the ending. The ending dumbass. is kind of the point of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's meant to show you that it's it's not glorifying that lifestyle. It's showing a, a guy who is clearly mentally sick, like a, a guy who said it earlier, but a guy, a guy that's basically coked out of his mind that wants to fuck his sister. He's he kills his best friend who's marrying his sister because of that jealousy and then gets riddled with like a thousand bullets and dies because of his own stupidity. That, that's what that movie is supposed to teach you. It's not supposed to make you go, yeah, man, I want that lifestyle. Well, go for it and, and die just the same. You, you fucking goon. Uh, yeah. Same thing. Oh, he went out in a blaze of glory. No, he died like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you miss the point. He died. You know he died, died like the a, worst. You know who died in a blaze of glory? Murphy, Alex Murphy died in a blaze of glory and came back as RoboCop and he's a good guy. That's a yes. character that you he, he, he died Scarface died as more of a bitch than Boba Fett did. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Now the last thing would be cult films somehow weirdly work their way into pop culture, yet they don't. Something like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Everybody knows that image of Frankenfurter and the sweet transvestite song and Time Warp, mm -hmm. but I bet if you talk to anyone under the age of 25, they're not really going to know what that's from. They know those images, but they don't know what it's from. I know there are people who've told me they've never seen Videodrome, but they've heard me talking about it so much, and then when they've watched it, they go, oh, that's the one with the vagina and the chest and the tape. They knew the references. <laughs> the they knew the references from the movie more than they, and yet they, they knew they had not seen the movie. But then you've got stuff like Rocky Horror Picture Show that everyone knows that movie, 
but the movie has never been anything more than a cult film. Mm -hmm. Or are we reading it wrong? Does that mean it's not a cult film at that point? Uh, it's it's tough because the thing is, it's it, I think it's still a cult film, but it's just that portion of it has become more ingrained in pop culture. So because there are a lot of See, uh, so I know people that think Tim Curry in the in the stockings is named Rocky Horror because, you know, <laughs> it's the Rocky Horror picture show. No, that's Dr. Frankenfurter. Rocky Horror is the big gay. Ho Never mind. Yes, it's the same thing with people that think Frankenstein is the monster. Exactly. Well, I think I think we can all safely say the general public are idiots when it comes to both yeah. pop culture and movies. Speaking of one of the idiots and a very proud member of those idiots, Peter, where can people find you? You can find me being just the, the biggest idiot, the town drunk, especially on Twitter when I'm drunk, at, at Cinematica. You can find me on Facebook, The Cinemasochist, YouTube, The Cinemasochist, and on 1201beyond.com when the website is fully updated. And Cecil, you are one of the people who make fun of these idiots. Where can people see you <laughs> do that? Uh, you can find me making fun of idiots at, um, at goodbadflicks.com, geekjuicemedia.com, and uh, over at escapistmagazine.com. Although I usually not really making fun of idiots. No, but they make up a large part of your part of your audience. <laughs> You're a large part of an audience. See, it's comments like that. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at 1201beyond.com. We're currently redesigning the site, so we'll have a new 1201beyond.com coming soon. But for the time being, you can go order t-shirts or click on some links, or click on the Russian dating links, or we have much more relevant links now. So you can buy posters, movie posters and stuff. And make sure if you're going to shop at Amazon, you use the Amazon links on the webpage as well. You can also contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. And I just want to end with, I think the movies and pop culture, movies and pop culture have a symbiotic relationship that also can sometimes turn parasitic and you need to watch out for when for when that happens have a good night guys it's astounding time is fleeting madness takes its toll but listen closely not for very much longer I've got to keep control. to jump to the left. And then the steps in the round. With your hands on your hips. You bring your knees in tight. And if the bell breaks out. It really doesn't insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's live the time on the air. Let's live the time on the air. It's a dream. You can't see me. No, not at all. In another dimension. With voyeuristic intention. Well secluded. I see all. With a bit of a mind flip. You're into the time slip. And nothing can ever be the same. You're spaced out on sensation. Like you're under
Sonia Hip. to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual. Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite. Right. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan, and he's good for leaving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> so, come up to the lab. And see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. Radio Drome is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.